It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's going on, Sam? How are you this fine Thursday? Hello, Jake and Gordon. I'm hanging in there. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good, you know. Uh, a couple nights off from the Utah Jazz. Uh, they're back at it Friday in a, or tomorrow, I guess, in a in a random afternoon game, Sam. But you know, relishing. Uh, I do the the Jazz pre off and post, and I'm relishing having uh, two nights off because it's been so rare, and it's been a hot topic of conversation: the wear and tear on the players with this condensed schedule. What do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 you know, it's a lot on the players. We're seeing the ripple effect on the injury front um i don't know there's part of me that that kind of says i'm sympathetic to it but this is what happens when you know when you sign up for this kind of a season and you know it started with the league and the players obviously agreed but they lost a ton of money last year i think uh in the neighborhood of a billion and a half dollars and you know we're trying to recoup as much as possible this year and so I get it, but when you finish in October and start again in mid-December, and then when you uh, you push all the way through, you know I think the the uptick in gains, if you look at the actual numbers, is it's marginal, but it is it's it's you know substantive, but it it is also running the risk of you know kind of leaving a black eye on the uh, on the regular season. At least it's a lot of teams that are that are not what they thought they were going to be because of health stuff. So, Sam, if you were managing a team, how would you handle it over the final 20, 15, 10, 5 games? Would you, if you had a shot at the number one seed in the West like the Jazz do, would you, how much emphasis would you put on getting that top spot? Or would you emphasize making sure everybody is healthy and rested? I mean, it kind of, it's hard. I would monitor it every day because the one thing for the Jazz that, they got to watch out for is where are the Lakers going to fall? You know, and they've won some games recently. And so, you know, but that's a, a real thing. Cause my first inclination would be to say, listen, home court is home court, you know, um, try to get healthy uh, or try to get rested, you know, and do some kind of load management down the stretch. And you got to try to avoid the Lakers. You just don't want to see them in the first round. Uh, you know, and I don't have the standings in front of me. I don't know how, possible that is at the moment but beyond that you know to me um, whether you're facing the seventh or eighth team in that first round is a pretty little you know very little consequence and you know you got to make sure the guys feel good going to the playoffs because it's going to be a long haul and uh, you know in in a team like the Jazz where you've been pretty healthy at this point you're trying to to, you know kind of hate to say it because you sound like you're insensitive about it but like exploit the weaknesses in the market and the weaknesses of of your opponents and you know they're in a pretty good position to do that Sam, I really enjoyed uh, your latest. I think it came out yesterday. Um, <clears throat> really taking a stab at a question I think a lot of people have been asking how Jamal Murray's injury impacts the 
the uh, the Western Conference, and would always recommend our listeners to read your uh, your work. Although I gotta you know put a a, a little warning that it, it contains some uh, flashbacks to some memories from the bubble that probably won't be all that pleasant. But uh, let's talk about uh, that. What a what a terrible injury for him. That was I was watching that game when that happened, and you, you your heart just dropped for the guy. But let's let's talk about how that impacts things in this uh, crowded Western Conference. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, although it's funny, you know, last night the Nuggets go out and take care of Miami, and I don't think Miami had Jimmy Butler, but regardless, play well, and Jokic has a triple-double, and Porter Jr. has 25-10, and 10, and I got a text message after the game from my buddy Mike Singer of the Denver Post. I used to work with him, and um, he sent me a tweet where he had quoted Michael Malone, and I, I think the quote was, you know, we don't pay attention to the media narrative especially nationally (laughs) Uh, where it was like people are assuming myself included that you just can't lose Jamal Murray and not, you know, fall off some sort of a cliff. But, you know, the first game out, they look pretty good and they are still a very talented team. You know, I I still have a hard time seeing them do anything beyond a kind of a second round finish. That would, that would shock me if they were a top and final team. And, you know, but we'll see again, Porter Jr. is a guy that, you know, who knows? Maybe that's the story. Maybe he has, you know, kind of an ascension that is born out of Murray's injury that, that we didn't necessarily see coming. But I, I think it's, you know, another injury that changes things in the West. To me, it is a, like I wrote, it's a Lakers, Utah, Phoenix, top three type situation. Um, you know, the, the Clippers within there, uh, in there as well. I think I have the Clippers above Phoenix. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot of parity. And I keep going back to the Jazz for obvious reasons, but, you know, a real opportunity for their squad to, to go right a hell of a story coming out of last year and everything they went through and, and then playing as well as they did this year. Uh, but it's going to be tough because the West is, is, I think, very, very, yeah, very even. You know, it's interesting, Sam, that whole idea of a team being able to rally around uh, the loss of a star and then to win a game or two in the regular season. The playoffs are totally different, man. I I yeah. agree with you. I don't know how the Nuggets – I still think they're a talented team, like you said, but I don't know how they can be anything close to what they would have been otherwise, anything close to what I was sort of figuring they would be, like you said, in that top group if they were completely healthy. But they're not, and that's – that's the reality, man. It's different in the post. Well, if you even, like, guys, if you go back and look at that series against the Jazz last year, like, what what was front and center in that series? It was Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell. And it was incredible. And if you, you know, if you don't have a boxer to put in that ring, so to speak, then the uh, the Jazz are moving on. And so the playoffs are different. Um, you know, but I will say, even after I wrote what I wrote, yeah, I don't know. There's a little nuance there. Aaron Gordon comes to town. He's a guy that, you know, uh, career high, almost 18 points a game and scoring a few years ago. Right now, they, they haven't needed him to be that guy at all. He was averaging around 10 or 11. Um, so, you know, and Jokic in particular, who knows? You know, for one, I'm really curious to see if he can hold on to the MVP award because, you know, if if they play 600 ball down the stretch, then he's still the MVP, I think. I think the only way he loses it at this point is if, if they completely fall apart. But, you know, see if, if we're underestimating Jokic and his ability to, to carry them in a way that, that uh, you know, maybe we thought wasn't possible. 
In that uh, examination of the Western Conference post Murray, you're uh, you're still you did kind of a quasi power ranking and still had the Lakers uh, at the top of the West. And um, was was that uh, I guess was that opinion shaken at all with the with the injuries, or is it one of those things where they're still on top until someone proves otherwise? Well, I'm just going on their timeline. As long as you know the AD injury is the one I would worry more about. He's got that calf strain. He's been out a very long time at this point. So that ranking definitely comes with, you know, a disclaimer of it is projecting that, you know, he and LeBron both are reportedly going to be back late this month. I'm kind of, that's the rough timeline that we've been hearing. And so then you would have about three weeks to get ready for the playoffs. And if this is a LeBron AD, you know, Dennis Schroeder, um, team, you know, with the rest of that crew. And, and I know they swapped out Rondo and they swapped out Dwight Howard and they have different pieces from last year. But, yeah, it, it's basically kind of a hat tip to the champs that as long as LeBron and AD are there, I'm going to have a hard time betting against them because as much as I like the Jazz and what they brought to the table, kind of like Gordon said, like the playoffs are different and like it or not, the playoff resume for the Jazz, you know, coming off of last year is not good. And, and we need to see their ability in the postseason to, to do what they do. And even within all that, I wonder, you know, the Clippers are really good right now. And, you know, I, if they've fixed their chemistry, if they've kind of fixed their culture, then I think they're going to be dangerous. And, and specifically because they've got a, a fairly similar three-point attack to what Utah's been doing. The Jazz have been getting all the love being the best three-point shooters in the league, but the Clippers are actually shooting a, a, a better clip and, and, uh, and kind of bringing a similar approach. You know, Sam, I'm sure your family was extremely disappointed when you chose not to become a doctor. But uh, let me ask you a doctor question. Anyway. <laughs> that calf injury, the injury you were talking about for AD, is that, do you know, have you looked into that at all? Is that something that could linger into the postseason? I haven't, yeah. That's your uh, expense as a uh, you know, medical school. Uh, I don't know. I just know that the vibe around it seemed to be strange. It wasn't supposed to last this long. Um, but, you know, and, and AD in general, I think, has a kind of history where we're not like, because he's a champion now, I don't feel like in the media we've highlighted this very much, but there has been that thought crossed my mind um, of like, Oh man, here we go again. AD on the shelf, which has been the story of so much of his career. So, who knows? I mean, if he's not right, then the Lakers are not going to be on top. Sam, is uh, the current situation with the Atlanta Hawks an example of uh, head coach or what impact head coaches could have? I mean, after they moved on from Lloyd Pierce and put Nate McMullen there or McMillan, excuse me, uh, there they've they've been a completely different team. Yeah, they've been really good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Trey Young uh, doing his thing. They even won without him, which is pretty surprising. You know, Dave McMillan um, comes in there as a guy who, you know, in Indiana was uh, kind of internally, I don't know what the word is, frowned upon for like uh, defensive-minded, but he, he wouldn't shoot as many threes as they wanted, and, and they didn't necessarily feel like they could kind of get through to him from a, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. And so I think, you know, we're guilty in the game of saying, okay, I guess, you know, Nate's days or us days are behind him. But, man, he coaches butt off. You know, they look really good. 
they're deep. They got healthy at the right time. Uh, Bogdanovich all of a sudden is, is a real impact player for them. Uh, Lou Williams is saving the day when Trey's not playing. So they're deep. You know, I'm not throwing them on my cattle contender list, but they are a team that that appears to have, uh, have finally figured it out after they, they got off to a tough start early on. And even, you know, winning without John Collins, Clint Capella, I know our, our Hawks beat writer, Chris Kirshner, uh, wrote the other day that he thought Capella needed to be in that defensive player of the year conversation, which, you know, I'm sure Jazz fans love hearing that. Um, but uh, they, they got a good thing going for sure. Speaking of that, Sam, uh, Jake and I had a conversation the other day off of uh, Ben Simmons' comments about Rudy Gobert kind of putting Rudy down to elevate himself. And we were talking about whether that kind of thing affects votes. Do you – I mean, I'm assuming you you still have votes in, the, in this kind of thing. Does How do you handle that sort of thing? Does that have any effect on you at all, or are you just – going off your own mind's eye and off the statistics and whatnot? Um, I mean, you're going off your own mind's eye and, and then breaking it down, you know, certainly as that time gets closer, you really kind of dive in and try to look at all the numbers. But, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, players being outspoken, it'll, it'll, it'll do this. It'll make sure that you do a double take when you look at it. You know what I mean? Like James Harden comes out and says, I'm the MVP. Well, I, that got my attention. I was like, man, okay. I don't think so, but let me look again. And I did a story a couple of days after that. And I think I had James like sixth. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, James has the MVP. Let me put him number one. But it makes you look at it again. Um, the Simmons one, if, if I'm being honest, it has made me uh, do just that, I guess. Like, I am going to need to look harder at what he's bringing to the table. Cause I know his reputation and I see the impact, but if I, you know, but my, my view right now and for a long time has been like, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's not the same impact that, you know, that Rudy who is kind of the, the absolute, not the X factor. He is the reason that, you know, the jazz can have the defensive identity that they have. And the one kind of kryptonite that people hit on Rudy about you know, the switchability and, and putting him in space has just only gotten better over the years. And there's been quite a few times this year where some pretty impressive highlights where he gets out there and, and, and it's not the, the train wreck that people assume it's going to be. So I don't see it, um, but, you know, Ben's obviously a confident dude and, and certainly a hell of a defender. So it, it kind of it just makes sure that you look at it, I guess. On that kind of note, Sam, is there a stat or, uh, you know, a, a, an analytic that you like to consult with when deciding impact defensively? I, I ask because I've, I've asked a lot of uh, our guests if there's a, a stat that they like to point to to make the case of, of Rudy's impact. But just overall defensively, is there, is there a stat or an analytic that, uh, that you use or rely on? I mean... It's you know I'm this is not exactly outside the box, but I mean try making sure you look at the on court off court defensive rating numbers, um, and then maybe play with those numbers a little bit on you know three man lineups, four man lineups, and trying because you know if you cast such a wide net and just have the net rating when when a guy like Rudy is on the court versus off the court, there's a lot of stuff um, in between that is making the number in, imperfect, I guess. But it certainly shows you. I mean, it's not that different than if we're looking at MVP, you know, okay, when Jokic is on the floor, uh, 
you know, what are we looking at? So defensive rating, you know, value over replacement player is a fairly reliable one, um, you know, just showing you that gap between whoever you're looking at and, and the average player at that position. Uh, but I, I think we, as reporters, we still got to make sure we're doing our job of kind of the old school variety too. And, uh, and this is a little bit harder these days, but, you know, talking to coaches about just their opinions, you got to be humble about the fact that even though I watch the game a lot, I just simply don't watch the game like coaches or players do, nor do I have the background on the court that they do. So you can, you got to be humble and ask questions. And that's the easiest way in the past for me to crystallize an opinion on awards is like, you know, let's say you reach out to 10 different people about a certain award and nine of them come back with, with one answer. It doesn't mean they're 100% right, but it, it should be a decent indicator. So, you know, trying to have those kind of conversations helps too. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, Sam, because uh, when we watch Rudy play, first of all, we, we're not in the locker room before games of opponents who are game planning and they have to factor in Rudy Gobert is how they're going to go about their offensive strategy for the night. But the fact that they have to do that is pretty remarkable. And then how many times we've seen, and Jake and I aren't homers, we try to look at things objectively. But I can't tell you how many times, Sam, we see an opposing player dribble in toward the rim and then turn right around and dribble back out because Rudy Gobert is standing there. And that doesn't show up in any kind of stat, you know. No, it doesn't. And the other hard part about being, this is for any small market, is you end up having like flashpoint moments throughout the season that either help or hurt a guy's case. So one early on that when it comes to Rudy, and I do think it's his award to lose right now, but one little memory that has been that tugs at me every time I think about his season is and it's only one game out of 72, you know what I mean? But that one game against Denver where Jokic gave him, I think, 20 in the first quarter and, you know, 40-plus for the game, those are the kinds of games that not only impact voters and media members because we are all kind of suckers for that mono mono type matchup. So it's like, you know, that stuff comes into play too. There are certain games that will probably be weighed in uh, disproportionately because of the optics or because of the stage or the spotlight, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, it's kind of a combination of all those things. And um, I also think, like, the whole idea, like, when I check in with coaches, I trust the coaches a lot. Players are tricky, man. Like, players sometimes, I think they're crazy with some of their opinions. You know, guys (laughs) last year acting like Giannis had no business even being in the running for defensive player of the year. Uh, And I get it, you know, especially – in the playoff series against Miami when everybody wanted them to guard Jimmy Butler and, and he didn't. So, um, you know, but, but in general, there's just times where I just, you know, you got to be humble and yield to the players, but you also are kind of scratching your head going, man, how in the hell did you get to that opinion? Well, Sam, thank you for jumping on with us. As always, we appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. Talk to you next week. There you go. Sam Amick from The Athletic, senior NBA writer. I thought his, his piece about, uh, you know, the impact on the Western Conference, uh, the Jamal Murray injury, I thought it was uh, was really, really good. Again, he, he <laughs> harkens back to the bubble a little bit, so that you might have to skip past that if you're a jazz fan. But uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really good. And uh, Sam is, is certainly one of the best out there for sure. 
Yeah, and I enjoy his candor when we asked him about how he goes about the voting and, and making judgments. And it turns out, Jake, that even though you and I were coming from different directions on that discussion that we had earlier, we were both kind of right because he 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 kind of considered both sides of that and did so unprompted by us. So uh, I believe him. I, I mean, I, I would definitely say he was saying I was more right, but that's all right. <laughs> of course. I'll, I'll let that go. Of course you, know, you were, Under the yeah. bridge. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, he... Well, I mean, okay. So it's an advancement for me if I just come this much closer. <laughs> Two no, wrongs I, don't make it right, but uh, he thought Jake was he right. He did. No, I thought he gave a great answer on it, though. I, I, I do. As always, I mean, Sam's Sam's terrific. I mean, he's amazing. We're, we're so lucky to have all our Daily Assist guests, but, uh, you, you know come in and, and share their wisdom every single week. But Sam is the best. Appreciate him. Yeah. All right. More Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.